Next, ReachMD presents this month's special series, Focus on Nutrition and Nutrition Science. As increasing evidence points to nutrition as a key factor in disease prevention and management, we're highlighting current topics, research, and best practices in the field. Brain tumors are almost always a death sentence. What is being done clinically to use diet to change that? I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and joining us to discuss ketogenic diets for clinical cancer therapy is Dr. Thomas Seafried, Associate Editor of the Journal of Nutrition and Metabolism and Professor of Biology at Boston College. Dr. Seafried, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us, what is the ketogenic diet and how would you sort of describe it to our medical audience? Well, the ketogenic diet is a diet that has a, a greater proportion of, of fat than protein or carbohydrate. Generally, the ratio is a 3 to 1 or a 4 to 1 ratio of fats to proteins and carbohydrates. The protein in the ketogenic diet is maintained at adequate levels, while the carbohydrates are greatly restricted to either zero or a very few percent of the total caloric intake of the diet. And what's the purpose of having a ketogenic diet? Why is it important? Well, it it forces the body to use an alternative fuel, the cells of the body to use an alternative fuel for energy rather than glucose, which are ketone bodies. So these ketone bodies then can serve as an energy when glucose levels are down. Now, in the brain, brain cells need glucose primarily. That's their primary source of energy. But we'll transition gradually to metabolize ketones for energy when glucose levels are reduced. So in order to metabolize ketones, the neurons and glial cells in the brain need functional mitochondria because ketones will bypass glycolysis and directly enter the mitochondria to be metabolized for energy. And when you do your work... Do you see these brain cells that are using ketone bodies, the normal ones, do they function normally? Is there any decrease in their function? No, not at all. A cell needs a certain amount of ATP to perform its normal activities. And interestingly enough, the, most of the energy in most cells is required to maintain the activity of, of membrane pumps, sodium, potassium, ATPases, which provide a gradient uh, across the membrane, which allows the cell to be alive. Most of this energy, this is ATP energy, and it can come from either glycolysis or, or aerobic respiration. So ketones actually are, um, uh, as uh, Bud Veach at NIH would say, these are super fuel. You actually get more ATP molecules per unit of ketones than you do per unit of, of glucose. So ketones are a more energy-efficient fuel. They generate more ATP, and they also prevent oxygen-free radical formation to a greater degree than other fuels. And when we talk about the ketogenic diet, can a patient that's on this have an unrestricted amount of this? Can they just be eating all sorts of fats that are in the diet, or is there a calorie restriction? No, they cannot. A ketogenic diet eaten in unlimited amounts or even is absolutely unhealthy. The key aspect of this diet is that it's caloric restricted. And when you calorie restrict it doesn't make any difference what the origin of the calories. The body will adjust metabolically to the restricted glucose. So ketone levels naturally rise when glucose from outside, external glucose is restricted. It's an evolutionarily conserved process to spare proteins. So fats are metabolized. What the diet does is it simply allows ketone levels to elevate slightly higher than if one were to restrict a high-carb diet. And it's the ketones, which we think are therapeutic, in facilitating energy metabolism in normal cells. 
interestingly enough, the tumor cells, many tumor cells which have defective mitochondria, cannot use ketones for energy, and that's what's key about this diet for managing cancer. And when we talk about managing it in the brain versus other parts of the body, why would there, there be a difference between brain cells and cancer cells in the rest of the body? Yeah, that's a good point. The rest of the cells can metabolize more fuels than, than the brain. The brain is restricted primarily to either glucose or ketones. The brain does not burn fatty acids. So people have asked me this many times, if the diet is so effective for brain cancer, why wouldn't it be as effective for other forms of cancer? And there's a group at Duke that's actually using the diet to investigate prostate cancer. We have not yet begun our studies of using the diet for other cancers. So people have always asked me, why, why are you interested in, the, in using the diet for the brain tumor? Because I said the brain uh, has only a restricted choice of fuels, either ketones or glucose, and the therapies for brain cancer are not, uh, are not as uh, effective as they are for some of the other cancers. So the diet therapy, the, keto, the calorically restricted ketogenic diet represents a really important tool for managing brain cancer, whereas there are other means to manage some of the non-brain cancers. And before we talk about its use in brain cancer, let's talk about the other uses for the calorie-restricted ketogenic diet. Where else is it being used as a therapy? Well, the other major disease entity that the diet is being used for, of course, is epilepsy, and that's where the diet was originally developed to manage epileptic seizures back in 1921. What is recognized that fasting was a very therapeutic fasting, water-only dieting, was extremely effective in managing all kinds of epileptic seizures, but of course, this can only be done on a short-term basis. Russell Wilder developed a diet back in 1921 to mimic the, the metabolic changes that occur during fasting and starvation, and the diet was shown to be as effective in managing seizures as uh, was therapeutic fasting, and you could do this over a long period of time. There are other rare diseases, such as glucose transporter disease, where the brain can't take up the glucose, so, so ketogenic diets are an effective way to deliver energy when glucose can't be taken to the brain, and there's also a pyruvate dehydrogenase disorder similar to the glucose. In other words, you can't use glucose. So the ketones are effective in, in managing those rare diseases. But I would say it's, it's primarily used throughout the medical system, at least in neurology, is for managing epileptic seizures. You said the carbohydrates are restricted, but also the proteins. What's the purpose of restricting the proteins in the ketogenic diet? Well, the idea is the proteins are maintained for adequate levels. The key to the diet is you don't want to create any kind of malnutrition or, or protein or vitamin deficiencies or any of these kinds of things. So proteins can be restricted, but not it's not purely a fat and, and zero-protein, zero-carb diet. It's a, it's a fat with with adequate levels of protein, which could represent anywhere from 15% of the diet you know, to 20% of the diet with a, a near zero content of carbohydrate. So the proteins are not restricted to the same degree as carbohydrates are. And in the ketogenic diet for epilepsy patients, is it used in conjunction with other therapies or instead of other therapies? And if it's used in conjunction, does it have any effect on the metabolism of the drugs or other therapies? Well, you know... Some people have said that they, they use it with lower doses of anti-epileptic drugs. This varies. It's, it's been used with some other therapies, but most clinicians from my discussions um, with my colleagues at medical schools prefer to have patients not on any other kinds of medications, although there are exceptions to this, and sometimes low doses of one drug. Because sometimes the, the caloric-restricted nature and the way that the body is handling the carbohydrates can also 
be, it can interact with certain medications. Not always, but it depends on the patient types of medications. But from, from my understanding in the epilepsy clinics, the diet is generally used uh, as an alternative to anti-epileptic medication. And do patients stay on these epilepsy diets for a long period of time, just for a short period of time? Can patients tolerate this calorie-reduced ketogenic diet for long-term? Many patients have over a number of years. And, and what's interesting from the work of Johns Hopkins and other universities, John Freeman's group, it's been shown that there are actually a 5 to 7% of patients who come off the diet, their seizures never return. So it seems to have been completely effective. And in other patients, seizures return, but they are much less severe or less frequent than they were. And sometimes these then can be managed by medications. So some people stay on the diet for years, and they've modified it. There's new renditions of the diet, a low glycemic diet, which is being developed at the Mass General Hospital. And so there's a little bit more liberty and, and less restrictiveness over the years of, of patient use of the diet. So there's a lot of different ways in which the diet can be used. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and joining me to discuss ketogenic diets for clinical cancer therapy is Dr. Thomas Seafried, Associate Editor of the Journal of Nutrition and Metabolism and Professor of Biology at Boston College. So how did you make the leap from ketogenic diets for epilepsy to ketogenic diets for brain tumor? Well, we had both kinds of model systems in the laboratory. We have models for idiopathic epilepsy, and we have a number of animal models for various types of aggressive brain tumors. And we had been achieving tremendous success in using the calorically restricted ketogenic diet for managing seizures in, in the animals. And we had been achieving tremendous success in managing angiogenesis in the brain cancer models using caloric restriction. So we decided then to combine a, a calorically restricted ketogenic diet in the brain cancer models to see whether or not we would get the same general therapeutic efficacy, and, and we did. And of course, the, it's much easier for patients to, to use a ketogenic diet than therapeutic fasting for managing disease. So this now becomes a new modality for approaching brain cancer. So does a calorie-restricted ketogenic diet work in two ways? You already mentioned that in the cell, it works on how energy is metabolized, but you also mentioned it reduces angiogenesis. Are those two separate functions, and are they related to the same part of the diet? Well, it's interesting that the pathway, the signaling pathways that control angiogenesis through the insulin-like growth factor pathway, the AKT and HIF-1-alpha signaling pathways, these are uh, intracellular signaling pathways that regulate the genes that are involved in, in vascularity and producing blood vessel migration and things like this. And, and it turns out that calorie restriction, restricted ketogenic diets target the same path, these pathways. And that not only targets that aspect of the host environment, but it also targets directly the tumor cells because of their dependence on glucose or energy. So it's a combinatorial therapy that actually we refer to it as a, a broad-spectrum inhibitor of multiple different pathways involved in, in both host responses to the growing tumor as well as, as signaling pathways within the tumor cells themselves. So you mentioned in the epilepsy treatment that the caloric-restricted ketogenic diet is used by itself. What about in brain tumors? Would you use it in combination with other therapy, or would it be the sole therapy? Well, this is, a, this is another important point, because we think, uh, from our work, uh, we have some preliminary studies, we think that the calorically restricted ketogenic diet combined with certain drugs 
could be synergistic, showing greater efficacy than either the diet or the drug alone. We have some evidence in our work to suggest this, uh, which is a really powerful new approach to managing the disease. We also think that many of the drugs that may have failed clinical trials and shown to be only marginally effective could be given a new life when combined with the, with the diet, uh, especially if our research hands out on this. So uh, there may be these drugs. It's very difficult to take a, a drug by itself and try to tackle a very aggressive tumor in the brain that's invading and, and proliferating. However, the job of the diet is to, uh, to restrict angiogenesis, to bring the tumor to a much, a much less aggressive state, putting it on the defensive. Now a drug combined with the diet could be a really powerful one-two punch to provide much longer-term management for these tumors. And what type of brain tumors are we talking about that would respond best to this ketogenic diet? Well, from our experience and in hearing feedback from a number of individuals who have used the diet for a variety of different kinds of tumors, it seems, though, the lower-grade tumors are, respond really well to this. Individuals who have these tumors have told me that they have foregone uh, chemotherapy or radiation therapy and have had tumors regress substantially with the diet alone. The more aggressive glioblastomas or, or stage 4 tumors are, of course, a much more aggressive disease. But because they're so glycolytic, either from their recurrence or from their, their status initially, they also respond quite are affected quite substantially by the diet. The idea of the diet is simply a way to buy time. It sustains the health status of the patient, shrinking the tumor into a very defensive state. And this is why we think the phase one would be the diet. Phase two then could be followed by surgery or combinations of drugs with diet. But we think that all kinds of tumors can be managed effectively with this diet if combined uh, appropriately with other, other modalities. Are there genes for ketone bodies that would be useful for screening brain tumors that might be targeted with caloric-restricted ketogenic diets to be therapeutic? Well, it is known that, the, that in order to metabolize ketones for energy, and, and this is, this is the, the thing, that uh, brain tumors, there have been a number of reports showing that brain tumors lack either the, the gene itself or, or expression of certain genes necessary for cells to metabolize ketones for energy. So the absence of these genes or their reduction could be indicative that these tumors would be unable to use ketones and therefore would be candidates for therapy by the ketogenic diet. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Thomas Seafried, for joining us to discuss ketogenic diets for clinical cancer therapy. You've been listening to ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. For a complete program guide and podcasts, visit www.reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Nutrition and Nutrition Science. For downloadable podcasts of programs in this series, go to reachmd.com and choose the series, Focus on Nutrition and Nutrition Science.